Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, what is it that causes you angst? You know, that thing inside of you that just kind of even leads to fear and even anxiety. Well, the National Institute of Health, Mental Health, cites that 40 million adults suffer from some form of anxiety. And for our listeners who are suffering maybe in isolation, please stay tuned because we have good news for you. Just to remind you, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, we're excited about well, our show. Lisa and I are separated today, and this is going to be, we're going to be talking all over each other because you're in Minnesota, and you always yes. see me because I have a Minnesota accent, and I don't know really why, because I've never lived even close to Minnesota. I, are you going to miss me while you're that. there because everybody's going to be talking that way? Yes, sure. Yes, sure. <laughs> well, we're excited. Our guest today... Susie Davis will share how she dealt with fear and anxiety. Um, just like you were saying, Lisa, we have so many um, just mental health situations. I know the pharmaceutical cells are really amped up because a lot of people are dealing with anxiety, and we just feel like this is such a great topic for our listeners. And Susie delivers a message of hope to everyone living in a perilous world. Well, she is an author, a blogger, and speaker in Austin, Texas, and alongside her husband, Will Davis Jr., she founded Austin Christian Fellowship. She has released a new book, and it's called Unafraid, Trusting God in an Unsafe World. She also wrote Loving Your Man Without Losing Your Mind, which I love, love, love that title, Susie. And she is a blogger at susiedavis.org. She has um, also been a Christian radio show host at KFMK in Austin. So welcome, Susie. How are you today? I'm well. Thanks so much. So, Susie, you have just a crazy story um, way back when you were in eighth grade in Texas um, where you had a situation while you were sitting there in English class. Will you just go ahead and um, we've informed our listeners that we are going to be talking uh, just about um, the crazy topic of having anxiety and panic attacks and just different things that um, can be in a part of everyone's journey at some point. Can you share a little bit more of your journey as to why you have had to deal with some of these issues? Absolutely. I am, and I'm going to backtrack a smidge, just two years, and tell you that when I was 12, um, I, someone shared the message of Jesus with me. And um, I heard it and jumped in. I was just all in with God, and I would read my 
my little living Bible, and I believed everything that I read, and Jesus was my hero. <laughs> and um, mm. so I, I was, I just thought, you know, that um, becoming a Christian meant that, you know, I believed what I read, and it said that God has good plans for my life. And so um, that was in like late sixth grade, and then in eighth grade, I was in my English class. It was the end of the year. It was a typical humid May morning in Austin, and um, one of my classmates um, was late to class that day. My teacher was sitting in front of the class talking to us, and he said, do you know, you know, what's going on? What, why, what, you know, is the student tardy or what's going on? And um, we were all just laughing and talking as he was um, at the front of the classroom, our teacher, and then that student um, named John actually walked by the window, and someone said, oh, well, there he is. And he walked in to our classroom there on the first floor with a rifle and shot and killed our teacher and then walked out of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I that's really where my fears started um, because mm-hmm. I realized at that point that we live in an unsafe world. And, I mean, I think, you know, if you read the news today, you realize that these are the kinds of things that, people have to deal with um and it's a very huge thing and and regardless of whether you've had something like that happen or you've known someone who's had something happen or you've had something happen in your life that's kind of been chronic and ongoing it can be a you know someone in your family that you love who's had an illness like cancer or even you know experiencing divorce in your family can create these situations where you realize you wake up and suddenly you go you know what this like some of the stuff that happens in life is 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 really not good at all and it's bad and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for me that's really where my fear started well you know just like Lisa had mentioned you know the national institute is is saying that the the mental health sites that 40 million adults are suffering from some type of anxiety and I know they're doing research saying that this next generation the millennials are dealing with way more fear um, because of the terror situation, because you're hearing of more, you know, I know last night there was more shootings in a church yep. and, yeah. um, we're just, it, it, because of social media, we're inundated yeah. with, like you said, this news that's, that's taking place. And, um, I, I, I love what you said when you became a Christ follower, here you are a Christian. And when you see something that, that, that's so horrific, especially as a as a child. To, I just don't think your brain can wrap around that. Right. And um, we, I, I have felt the same way. I had uh, my college roommate and my mom was murdered in those kind of random shootings like that. Oh my gosh. And as a Christian, you, um, I remember a woman coming up to me and saying, your little Christian bubble will never be the same. It's been popped. And you're not going to look at life in the same way. And it, it was kind of a horrible thing to say at the time. Yeah. But now I, I get it. You, and it's not because um, it, 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 it ended up being an amazing thing. I mean, I was able on that. That's, I love that you're writing a book about it because it, it's that same, you know, trusting God in an unsafe world. It, it turns out to be like, this is earth. We're not promised heaven. And we're going to have to learn how to deal with this, and God's going to be there every single second of 
of the way as we go forward. So how did you, at what point did you start realizing, wow, this is horrific, but I have a God that's never going to forsake me. Jesus is right here beside me. At what point did you start experiencing that? Well, I, after witnessing the murder, I think that, you know, I went through the stages of grief. And like you said, I was only a child when it happened. So um, I was dealing with it the best I could, and my parents were doing the best job they could. I mean, everybody was helping me as best as best they were able. But at some point, I think that I started listening to the enemy's lies that um, I needed mm. to take care of myself. And just like even the garden, you know, um, the enemy suggested something that was untrue about the character of God. And Eve said, yeah, maybe so. And I, I did the exact same thing. I mean, I think that, you know, I I think the enemy said, you know, God might not be the hero you thought he was. And and it mm-hmm. looks like he kind of turned his turned his back on you just for a second and your world crashed apart. And so I started agreeing with those subtle lies and over time it became I felt like it was my job to take care of myself. And so I started preparing for the worst. I started, you know, feeling like if I could know about, you know, if I could figure out how to keep bad things from happening, then it would protect me and my life would be better. But what happened Mm -hmm. is I continued loving God, but I started distrusting him. And that might sound weird, like you would think that a Christian, you know, loves God and trusts them. But I started kind of delineating that and saying, you know, I totally love God and I actually respect him and fear him, but I don't really trust him to take care of me because this bad thing happened and it could happen again. And so it kind mm-hmm. of it snowballed, and by the time I had children and I realized that could, something bad could happen to them, I was just out of control because I was like, I can't let anything bad happen to them. And I became, you know, the mother that helicopter parents and um, over-manages because I, felt, I really felt like it was my job to take care of everybody I loved. And so I had all these mm-hmm. safety roles. Um, but God is such a good father to me. And he was not content to let me get whirled up in that anxiety. And, I, you know, I was having panic attacks, and I couldn't stay by myself. Even as a young woman, I was too frightened to stay in my home alone. And um, and eventually um, what started the healing process really was post-traumatic stress. Um, I had an episode of post-traumatic stress in my mid-20s. And I remember I had two small children at the time, and I had just gotten out of control. I was exhausted trying to take care of myself and my kids and hypermanaged the whole world, you know. Um, mm. And I feel like God, you know, for me, post-traumatic stress was what I call my, my blessed brokenness. It was an opportunity for me to revisit the hard things that happened, to grieve them, to mourn, to really look at the really dark realities of life and and then also accept God as smarter than me and bigger than me. And um, there was a verse that was just flooding over my post-traumatic episode, and it was um, Psalm 22.3. And in the Bible, it starts with Psalm 1 and 2 says, or the first part of 22, 1 and 2 says, David's crying out to God saying, you know what, God? I cry out to you by day and night, and you don't hear my prayers. And I really feel like that mm-hmm. that kind of was symptomatic of, of that decade of my life. I was like, I'm praying for the world to be a safer place, but mm-hmm. you're not really taking care of that. And then verse 3 
is is just a, it's like David did an about face and he said, "Yet you are holy," and that's mm-hmm. the verse that I heard in my episode of um, of post traumatic stress. I heard, "Yet you are holy," and it was like God was saying, "You know, Susie, are you believing that I'm holy and that?" I'm holy over all of it, over the bad thing that happened, over the the wreck of a woman you become, over who you can become in the future. You know, are you willing to trust me again? And well, Susie, I cried Susie, out. Susie, we're going to have to interrupt you right there. We're going to have to take a break in the middle of that. And when we come back, great thought about God seeing us as holy. And we're going to kind of hang on that as we go into our commercial break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We have been chatting with Susie Davis. Uh, She is an author, blogger, and speaker in Austin, Texas, alongside her husband, Will Davis Jr., And we are discussing her newest book that was just released. And in there, as she was talking about, do you see God as holy? And are you willing to trust him? And and I love that, Susie, because so many times, especially I think if you 
um, accepted Christ when you were younger, you just kind of go through life without even asking yourself those questions. And um, when you were talking about being in that, um, just that realm of having, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome, you're dealing with this anxiety attack, you're trying to control everything that's taking place with your kids. I don't think we stop sometimes and go, okay, wait, I'm not even allowing God to, to give God all of this. I'm just going through life, and yes, I love Jesus, but am I really, truly turning this over? I, I, I know for me, I feel like there's times where you're, it's just not even a conscious effort that you're moving forward in that way. So we, we had to interrupt you right at that, that part where God is saying, are you really trusting me, Susie? And then go from there. <laughs> you have it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, you know, and I think it's good to note, like, I think that, you know, I don't think that was the first time God presented that, but it was the first time because I was so broken, I was able to accept it as a question. And, um, and I really felt like at that point, I didn't, I felt like my brain was breaking apart. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll trust you because I literally had nothing left. Um, but yeah, so that was the turning point for my healing. And I think that, um, sometimes in our, our moments when we're most broken, we're, or at least for me, I was willing to to renegotiate what a, what was really wrong with me and accept that, you know, I really was a fear and I really did have a ton of anxiety and I wasn't just safe. I was obsessed with with you know preparing for the worst. Um, and mm-hmm. it was it was then really that I started to to make a turn and get well. And God was just incredibly gracious with me. You know, Susie, you mentioned earlier that you had lost trust. You didn't stop loving God, but you lost trust in him. And that is such a huge factor, just this trust issue. Um, but you also said it took you decades. It was kind of a journey. Um, don't you see so many times when we are dealing with this fear, anxiety, it does, it takes a while. It kind of starts overtaking us. And, and we're in the journey a lot of times before we even aware how deeply we're into this journey of fear and anxiety. And yet it's not a quick fix. It, it's it's something that you have to really wrestle inside, you know, and and, and you find yourself asking you those questions again, um, like you're saying, you know, really, who is God? Do I believe God is still a good God, a good loving God? Mm-hmm. Is still a holy God? What is it? What is the truth? I still believe in all of this. Can you walk us through? If somebody's sitting there listening to um, this and going, you know, I think I'm in that season right now, and I'm kind of paralyzed from it. I where's the hope? What do I do? And also tell us a little bit more about your book um, that you that you just an. Un- Unafraid, Trusting God in an Unsafe World, which is a great title that does grab your attention. Can you kind of um, just go into that with us? Sure. And I think, you know, just because it's so relevant today, and we already did reference the fact that there was a shooting in, um, you know, in Charleston in, mm-hmm. in, in a church, and nine or eight people were killed. Um, I think that it would be very much like you said it's a journey, and it is. When you have things happen, whether they're really, you know, profound, evident things like that, where someone witnesses a murder um, or loses someone like that in their family to in a situation like that or an ongoing situation with cancer or whatever, um, it, it it's a journey of, of learning to grieve and mourn. And, and mourning is getting grief out loud. I think for me, I tried to pack it down and... 
Um, I've I've noticed from talking to fears that there's usually a starting point in in the woundedness or the there's a, a place where God's trust was um, seemed seemed like it didn't work. Where there's a place where there was a wound and something happened, um, and when we're able to look at that and, and and walk through it with trusted people who are wise and look at what you know the Word has to say and pray to God for healing, that's when we're able to start kind of on the journey to wellness and trusting God again. But in the same way, you wouldn't expect someone who had gone through something horrific like what's happened to these sweet families, you wouldn't expect them to just be okay tomorrow. I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes we have to give ourselves room to know that, you know, God's not expecting a one, two, three process and you better hurry up and get well. I mean, it can, for me, it took a while and I'm a, I'm a slow learner, but, um, but I think it's, it's, it's waking up every day and trusting God. You can't do much more than that. You just have to take one day at a time, one situation at a time and really be honest with yourself and have people around who are honest with you about what they see. And, um, I talk in the book about praying a dangerous prayer. I said, God, you know, if there's anything that you need to heal in me, would you heal it? And I really, that was like my first little opportunity to trust God again. It's like saying, if there's something that you need to heal, will you heal it? And then I had post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's like, he was like, yeah, I'm so grateful. Let's get this going. Um, so that's the thing, you know, pray and ask God for help and healing and and be willing to be real about life. Um, there are hard things that happen, um, but when we're, hung up and listening to the enemy's lies on all the bad stuff, we just miss the daily joy. And that's that's what I recovered in getting well is just, you know, God is still, um, it says all the earth is full of his glory. It's still there. Sometimes we just have to really look to find it. And when we're, when fear is staring us in the face and manipulating and controlling us, we just can't even find that joy. Right. Mm-hmm. That is so true. We're so, we're so like paralyzed by it. It's like, I can't even see beyond this right, what's right in front of me to even see that there is, um, there's hope through this, through coming out of this. And I think that's a message we have to, we have to really believe that God will lead us through this. We just can't give up. Like you said, it's like you're asking for, you know, a danger. I like that asking, you know, praying a dangerous prayer and right. asking God and you have to be willing to go, okay, I, you know, he might not give me the answer I want or I'm expecting. He might show me something that's going to be a part of my healing first that maybe I don't want to see at first. But um, God is still a gracious God that is there through all that. Well, you know, I, I can't imagine being a child in eighth grade and experiencing something that traumatizing. Um, how do you encourage, because there are, you know, there's just, you know, children, and you know, as parents, our kids see things sometimes that we don't and experience things that we want to, we wish we could protect them from. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you speak into to parents? So like just being there for your kids, if they've, and it might not be to that extent, that horrific, but you know, kids see things or they're traumatized by things and they start taking on fears um, and, you know, and distrusting again, how do you encourage parents to really encourage their kids through that? Well, I think the you know the, I think the best thing a parent can know is that bad stuff will happen to their kids, and that might sound really negative, but no. Jesus said there you know we're going to experience trials and tribulations, and everybody's looks very different, so we need to realize that that's a truth in life, and so all the hard work we can try to do never can keep all the bad things from happening, but what we want to do is you know first and foremost realize 
that these are God's kids. He loves them more than we do, and he's a better parent than we are. Um, but in order to be a good parent to our children, we have to be healthy and not, for me, you know, I'm so glad God broke in when my kids were early because I could have just created a boatload of issues for them and if, if <laughs> all they saw was an anxious mother. And if, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've heard of moms, I mean, who who pay their kids not to ride mopeds or whatever because they're so freaked out they're going to have a wreck on them. You know, literally, we we do these kinds of crazy things because we love our children and we don't recognize that we're teaching them how to be fearful or creating rebellion mm-hmm. in their lives. So the goal is to help them walk through the hard things and love God all the way through and trust Him too. And And that's hard because it's a process for parents as well. It's not like you're kind of like a learner in it also because you're having to release this child continually to God, you know, and be a good parent, make wise decisions, but realize that not everything, you can't control everything. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is to to walk a few steps before them and, and walk in wisdom and walk in trust and and then train them how to hear God, that small voice, and train them how to um, walk through hard things and be the kind of place where they can tell you anything. I think that's like one of the best things you could be. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fear freak, your kids learn really fast not to talk to you because it makes you freaked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so being mm-hmm. able to be a safe place for them is huge, which requires a ton of emotional and spiritual health on your part. That's a great point. And, and, and our children get their cues from us. And like you said, if we're living in that fear infested, um, zone, they pick up from us that, okay, I don't think she can handle this or, or whatever. So you, you are so right. Being aware and being healthy yourself, it starts with ourselves, um, as we parent. Well, we just have two minutes, Susie. And first of all, thank you so much for taking your time and sharing. And your, your journey, um, is, is, profound and it, you know even though our journeys could be different it, there's there's common elements that we can all learn from that and so we just thank you for being willing to share your story and just encourage our listeners again your book is unafraid trusting god in an unsafe world so in in less than two minutes what is a thing you want our listeners to walk away understanding maybe it's something from your book um it's just something from life to just encourage them i would say that um God did this for me, and he's doing it for you. God scattered love notes all over my life, and I never saw them until I looked back. I didn't see how God was loving me through those hard things until I was healthy enough to look back and recognize his trust in a very tangible way that I can't even get into because there's so many times. But God is scattering love notes all over your life, and you must know that, and, and you must know that he loves you deeply. And he loves you wholly. And I think, you know, I would urge you to pray a dangerous prayer and just say, God, you know, if there's anything you need to heal in me, will you heal it? And then start looking for um, the ways that God is asking you to walk closer to him and to be, you know, a better mom or a better dad or um, just to, to, to recognize it and know it and lean into it even when it's hard, knowing that he's a good father. Well, Susie, we so appreciate your wisdom and your insight and your life experience and how you're allowing God to truly use that and transform it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in every Monday night during the debut episode of Paranoia Texas at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you will get a chance to win some very cool prizes from McDonald's, Walmart, Geek World, Red Petal Salon, and so much more. All you have to do is listen for the cue, and when you hear this music, call in. That's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and win those cool prizes. LinkedIn. It's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show. Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, joining us now is our guest, Amber Ancaro, from our partner ministry of Bloom. And many of you probably are so familiar with Bloom and the amazing women um, in leadership that it, that come and join us each month. But Bloom is under the umbrella of Stadia. And Stadia is a ministry that is passionate about planning churches that intentionally care for children. And Stadia is bringing people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. And um, their, their tagline, which is it's just so cool, is... They won't stop until every child has a church, and that's a great vision. Well, Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planner spouses so that they, too, can provide the same to their families, staff, and churches. And Amber is a substitute teacher for Baltimore City Public Schools and designs and creates the monthly e-newsletter as part of the tech team for Bloom. So you're really a golden um, member of the Bloom Leadership Team, just so you know, and Patty is in my eyes because you would complete us totally. Um, she and her husband, Scott, have been married 
married for 12 years and they have two daughters. And Scott and Amber planted the foundry in downtown Baltimore in 2013. Well, Amber, welcome to our show today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you know, um, we've been talking today just about, you know, the influence of fear and anxiety in our lives. And, um, you know, our guest before Susie was talking, she had an, an incident in her life that kind of triggered that when she was in the eighth grade. And we were just talking about how a lot of times you can go back to a, a certain um, circumstance or situation that kind of brought that to light and kind of started the journey of fear in our lives and anxiety and how it is quite the journey. And it's a journey you know, even to get out on the other side and find the hope. But, you know, in your city, Baltimore, um, when we think of Baltimore right now, unfortunately, we kind of go to the current events of the, the Baltimore riots. And um, you as a leader in your community and, and in your church, you and I know with your kids, you guys got to see firsthand, not from the newsreels that we have been seeing, but firsthand, right. just the devastation of that. Something that kind of takes you by um, by surprise, and that is can be devastating and fearful, and yet mm-hmm. you guys have been able to kind of navigate to that. Can you kind of tell us a little bit, take us to that time, and tell us a little bit about the story and your city and kind of what it was like when it was all happening and unfolding? So Scott and I and our family, we've lived here for about three years now, and um, we love Baltimore. We love our city. We love um, just city life and raising our kids in the city. It's just, it's just been really awesome. And, um, so when the riots happened, it was just heartbreaking. I mean, it just, I don't really know how else to describe it other than like, it just felt like my heart was breaking for our city. Um, so Scott happened to be out of town when all of that was happening. So I was here by myself with our daughters And, um, it was, it was hard to watch just, um, you know, obsessed with watching the TV and, um, the looting and, um, just the, the, there are lots of fires being set and, um, just with him out of town, I think too, it, um, just intensified the situation for me, uh, cause I felt like. You know, I mean, it was in late into the night. I didn't feel like I could go to bed until I felt like I had a good handle on the situation, um, just with our having two kids in the house. Um, so it was, it was really hard to see, um, just the destruction and the devastation, um, just, I mean, happening before our eyes. It, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> Well, you know, that is, it, you're probably going, how did this happen? And what, mm-hmm. what is happening? And when you're in the middle of it watching it, you don't know when the end is coming. You know, right, like, how right. is this going to turn out? Um, so you have two daughters. So how, right, how are right. you navigating this with them? Like the conversation, the dialogue, just even as a family with your friends. I, I mean, cause I can remember things, you know, that happened like even 9-11 and you're immediately, people are calling you, you're calling people going, yeah. what is going on? You need, you almost need to process it out loud because it's like, you can't believe what's really happening. Right. right. Um, there have been a little unrest before the, the major riot. So, um, we had had the conversation, um, our oldest daughter is nine and our youngest is six. So our, our six year old is, is still pretty oblivious to what's going on. So we're mostly talking with our older daughter and just, um, 
you know, what a ride is and why does it happen? And then on the, you know, the opposite side, like, you know, something that the media didn't show was this amazing, peaceful protest that had happened just days before thousands and thousands of people and, you know, just how it's a, it's a good thing to be able to protest what you believe in and, um, to do it peacefully. And so just, we were already having those conversations with her. Um, so when, when it was happening, like I, I intentionally made the choice to not have the TV on. I didn't want them to be afraid of what was happening or be afraid of, being in the city or, you know, just anything like that. I didn't want them to, um, just, you know, be afraid to go out in the city again. And, um, so, uh, just having tough conversations. I mean, it's important. It's not always pleasant, but, um, just important thing to do for your kids. And so, um, they, the city canceled school the next day. And so when I told the girls that school's canceled, they were super excited. But then I had to have the like, no, it's not like a snow day when we're super pumped to get out of school. It's, um, you know, something, um, you know, just sad is happening in our city. And, and so far, our oldest daughter, she was very, uh, very concerned about some local business owners because we do live in a in a neighborhood that has lots of local restaurants, coffee shops, businesses, and um, so she was very very concerned for this one business owner for his coffee shop, um, and you know just worried that it had gotten broken into or you know that it had been looted and. Um, so I, even though I was fearful to go out the next day, um, we made a point to go, go to the coffee shop and see that everything was okay and that our city was fine. And, um, just that this one particular person that she knew and just, we have a really great relationship with, um, like just that she was able to see, um, just that he was fine and that, um, you know, we could be a part of of, you know, providing and working toward unity in our city. So, and know. I think that's so awesome, Amber, for you to just be parenting in, in, in that aspect of in our last uh, segment with our guest, Susie Davis, talking about um, being that mom, uh, trying to not be the mom that's going to live in fear. And it's really easy to of just kind of, you know, locked yourself up during that whole, you know, when there's writing and uh, and all of these things taking place and having them sense that from you rather than going, God is going to use this. And and I mm-hmm. think that when they see you boldly moving forward and trusting in God in that way, that they see, um, I, I guess, because one of the topics was, um, you know, we, we have a tendency to live in our Christian bubble, and we think because mm-hmm. we're a Christian, you know, Jesus loves you, therefore you're not going to be harmed, or therefore you're not going to have right. any, you know, issues in your life, rather than going, no, this, this this is the, you know, we're on earth, this isn't the promise, that we're not in heaven yet, and right. we're going to have some major things that we have to deal with. This is a crazy world, 
but yeah, to be able to see the hope through it all, to be able to see God's great adventure through it all, and to be able to see the, the great conversations that you're able to have with people. And, and I love how mm-hmm. you, um, you talked about the media only covering the bad stuff, and yet there's incredible, like you said, just huge pe- peaceful marches that take place. And this is when the city is rallying together. And, you know, just like you mentioned, least after 9-11, um, I know our churches were packed. So it's mm-hmm. time when people do come together and you, you know, like I know you guys had like 10,000 pounds of food collected by churches mm-hmm. in the area that's being distributed. That's when your kids are going, wow, this is the body of Christ. This is what it's supposed to look like. Um, I think we live in such an affluent world. And we have our, our little first world issues that we don't get to. And, and that sounds like, you know, oh, yeah, Patty, well, you go live there for a day. <laughs> You're all talk right now. You can walk outside. But sometimes I like it when my kids get to see some of the, the hardship. It gives them empathy. Mm-hmm. Just like you saying your daughter wanted to go see the, you know, the coffee shop owner. I, that's awesome that you were able to... Um, have these conversations with them. Uh, what were some of the other things that you saw? And I know we just have two minutes to break um, that you saw just transpiring in front of you. Um, one crazy thing that um, that I saw, you know, afterward, like a week after, um, just going to a kid's birthday party. Um, these two moms of kids at the party. One mom works for um, the police office and uh, does, like, investigations for the police task force. And then one mom is a lawyer for um, the the big organization, you know, just investigating the whole thing. And just to see, like, just from where I was standing, these two moms, like, have their sunglasses on, but, like, they're both their eyes are just filled with tears and they're both heartbroken mm. over what's going on. Cause they, you know, love the city too. And just to see these two, like even like sides like that, um, not mm. something that I would have even thought about without having just this getting to experience it right in front of my eyes with this, these two moms, like, Oh my gosh, are you ever going to talk to me again? Are you mad at me? Mm. Like, because they're on uh, like opposing sides of the situation. And, um, that, that was just crazy to see like them talking through, um, just like, it's, it's fine. We're both just doing our job and uh, Amber, Amber, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and just talk about how love will win. (laughs) So we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. 
That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in every Monday night during the debut episode of Paranoia Texas at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and you will get a chance to win some very cool prizes from McDonald's, Walmart, Geek World, Red Petal Salon, and so much more. All you have to do is listen for the cue, and when you hear this music, call in. That's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and win those cool prizes. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with Amber Ancaro from our partner ministry, Bloom. And Amber, you were just sharing um, just cool stories that were taking place there and in Baltimore, and I, I love, you can hear the passion in your voice, that you genuinely love your city, and even that, so much of us just take advantage of where we even live, to be able to go, okay, God, um, where do you want me to serve? Put these people in my life that I can have an impact on, and that they can have an impact on me, and mm-hmm. and to be more intentional than just you know, our, our families and our churches to truly look outward and go, okay, what's taking place in my community that I can go out there and make a difference? And um, I, I know you, you had mentioned uh, just what's taking place within the, the churches where collecting food. Tell us a little bit more about that. And I would love to just share in this last segment of, of how our listeners, how we can be more proactive in our own cities, and our own um, just, you know, whatever it is, if you're doing ministry, if you're in an organization, or just within your families, as parenting, what can we do that truly can um, make a difference and help us to get beyond, I, I'm all over the place, but I just want to say, help us get beyond just the angst 
and the, you know, so many you're hearing of, of the stress, the anxiety. And I feel that it's because we are so internal and self-absorbed. And once we start pouring out and looking to see where God wants us, we're not dealing with so much fear as we would when we're just so within ourselves. So how can we, we do more of that? Yeah. Um, so right after it all happened, we did collect 10,000 pounds of food. Like you mentioned, um, that was a, with a partnership of quite a few area churches. Um, but it was like such a big, I mean, that's, that's a lot of food, right? So, um, it didn't make the local newspaper and social media. And so, I mean, it was just awesome that right away, like the response was, here's the church coming in, like, what do you need? I think that is um, an important piece is not going in assuming that you know what's needed, but asking, what do you need? And in this situation, like it was very like, well, the places where we get our food were looted, burned down. We're already in a food desert. Now we really have a hard time getting food. So um, Mm. donating food, uh, donating toiletries, like basic needs um, really needed to be met right afterward. Um, Also, just um, because we were a part of um, providing, you know, something that I think, you know, we consider maybe just basic needs, um, a few middle schools reached out. Um, and, um, my husband's a former student pastor and, um, we have a few other people on staff that have experience with student ministry. So we were, um, they asked if we would be able to come in and do grief counseling. So we did. And Mm. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Like they, it's a city school, so we don't exactly have, a huge budget for things like that. And it's great that we were able to meet an emotional need as well as a physical need. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really think like asking, asking what, what is the need? And, you know, if if you can provide that need, go for it. I loved, you know, earlier asking, Asking uh, the question, the scary, how did she say it? Like the dangerous question. The dangerous, yeah, the dangerous. Yeah, that was great. Like, I think, you know, in something like this too, like what, what do you need from me, God? And then going to, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely open doors for you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I know I, I have um, been fearful at times in what I pray. And so I do love that to really challenge, even challenge each other to pray the dangerous mm-hmm. prayer. And, and mine goes all the way back. I can remember when I was sitting there in junior high and you would listen to the missionaries and they would talk about, you know, I didn't want to go to Africa, but God sent me there. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, <laughs> that's the last place I want to go, God, please. <laughs> like begging God, don't send me, don't send me. You know, just thinking like you're just, he's going to just force you to do all these things that you don't want to do rather than, realizing he he truly does look at what delights your heart and that's the path because he changes your heart to go down that Mm -hmm. path and just even seeing it from a different you know perspective well um 
You had even mentioned like going to the same coffee shops. I think so many times, especially, you know, right. I would look at, wow, you live in this huge city. Like, how do you, how do you make that happen? How do you get these connections? Um, so what, what are some of the things that you're just intentional just in your, you know, small, like make it more of a smaller local area? Right. Yeah. There is a coffee shop when we moved here. Um, you know, just one of those, like decided to check it out and just a really awesome place. The owner's just so warm and welcoming. And it's a place where a lot of people, you know, when you work from home, but you don't want to be in your house, like a lot of people work from home there. So there's a lot of people from the neighborhood that are there as well. And, um, we just decided, you know, we just want to be intentional with coming here. They, they all know, you know, what Scott does and, and who we are. And so just, you know, being there, being available. And so when we walked, when the girls and I went in the day after the riots, like they immediately started asking me questions and, you know, some of them were about parenting in the city with all this going on. And so, you know, I was fearful, didn't want to get, go out of the house at all the next day, but just felt God urging me. And as soon as we got in the shop, they started asking me questions and, you know, and, and it's, it's not a huge place either. So, you know, lots of ears like leaning in to hear the answers. And it it was just amazing and a very weak moment of mine to have God just use me. And I mean, all because we had been intentional in going to the same coffee shop over and over and, and developing relationship with these, with the baristas. I mean, it, it was, it was amazing. It was just truly amazing. I love that. And I think that's such a, um, a big tip for our listeners because so many times, um, we we want to share Christ or we, we feel like, oh, I want to make a difference. And mm-hmm. then we're not going out of our way to establish those those relationships. And um, e- even the other day, and I, I'm not trying to knock, you know, where other people, you know, maybe God's calling them to do that. But I just got back from California and we were walking along the beach and there was a, a guy with a microphone kind of yelling out at everyone preaching <laughs> And, uh, they had, they were making hot dogs, hoping that they would stand there, get a hot dog, and, um, then, you know, hear some of the message. And I was telling my kids that, you know, they, you could still make the hot dogs and just have a one-on-one conversation. We don't mm-hmm. always have to yell at people and just be preachy. It's getting right. out of relationships. And then in that conversation, be able to exactly what you're saying. Here, these baristas are, are asking the questions, and have them ask questions because mm-hmm. in those questions, then you're providing truth in the answers, and that is such a big deal. And mm-hmm. I, I think we miss it if we're not establishing those relationships. So that that is awesome. I know one of the things that we're doing. Um, everybody's taking a Ziploc bag and inside the Ziploc bag, you go to church and whatever, there's like 10,000, you know, we have five campuses at our church. So, um, inside of the Ziploc bag is, um, information of what to put in that bag. And so you feel like, you know, you can take as many Ziploc bags as you want. So your kids can fill them up, you know, whatever you're doing, but 
just to have that part, and then they're going to pass them out, you know, to some of the homeless shelters because, like you said, we ask, what are the needs okay. here? And mm-hmm. you're not filling up these huge boxes. You're filling up a Ziploc bag. <laughs> so it's like everyone can take a Ziploc bag, fill it up, and bring it back the next Sunday um, to to help into right. your, your community. So um, I love that, to, to ask the questions, do what you have, the, the skills and the passion, just to make your city mm-hmm. a better place. Those are just great tips. Well, Amber, we just have two minutes before we end the show, and you've given us just fabulous um, tips to even just talk about, and we just want to thank you. We, we love everything, just what you and your husband are doing and just the partner ministry with Bloom. Would there be anything else that you would like to share with our listeners that you can just say, blah? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would just say genuinely love your city, um, love on your city, um, love it and love on it. Um, you know, whatever that looks like, if it, if it is going to like a same coffee shop or if it's uh, serving at a local school or just whatever it is, um, you know, God's giving you a distinct set of passions and, you know, just things that you are good at and he can use that in such a huge way if you'll just let him. And, um, so I would just encourage everyone listening to, to ask a dangerous question and, uh, to just Mm. genuinely love, just genuinely love their city. Hmm. That's, that's awesome. And, um, Amber, you just real quickly, how can, um, well, I guess we're, we are running out of time. I was going to ask you another question, but we, we love that. Say the dangerous prayers. Genuinely love your city. Be intentional. Go to the same coffee shop and get to know the baristas or something similar. I don't know. Go to the, go to the store and go out through the same checkout line, but use your skills, your passion, make your city a better place and seek to understand rather than to judge others. And we just thank you for being on the show today. Um, this was hopefully that'll help our listeners if you're dealing with any type of anxiety or stress and we will talk with you next week. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program. Girlfriend it the show dedicated to the most important woman, you know, yourself it's the 